Okay, ladies and gentlemen, Bruins and beyond, welcome back to the Red Carpet WrestleMania here on UCLAradio.com. So today we have a really amazing guest with us, someone I've wanted to interview for a, a long while because whenever, when I got into UCLA, one of the things I asked myself is which wrestlers have some sort of connection to this school? And you are the first to come up, Lisa Marie Veron, a.k.a. Victoria, a.k.a. Tara, former TNA Knockouts champion, two-time WWE Women's champion, and the only Bruin to hold a world championship in the industry of professional wrestling. So that's a really uh, amazing fact that I wanted to bring up and start off to introduce our guests, people who may not be wrestling fans, but are UCLA fans. We have just really someone who's had a really long, historic career in WWE and in TNA and in professional wrestling as a whole. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Victoria. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be on the UCLA freaking interview. I'm so honored, honestly. Go Bruins. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So yeah. before I get into, you know, your career and stuff like that, the first question I wanted to ask you about is, I mean, obviously you and your relationship with Southern California goes back basically your whole life. So I wanted to ask you, what made you decide to go into UCLA? We'll, we'll get into the, your career and stuff like that later. But first of all, you studied at UCLA and what made you decide to apply here? Um, that was my, my dream school um, growing up. Um, I, went to, um, I went to Riverside Community College, okay, for my, my first um, two years. And then I transferred to Loma Linda University um, because they have a good medical program um, for bio biology majors. And um, it, it's a private school. My poor parents' college education, they need to do something about having it a little bit more accessible for students to be able to afford it and not mm -hmm. pay loans for the rest of their lives, right? Um, so I went to that private school and it was Seventh-day Adventist. I'm not Seventh-day Adventist. Um, and it was everyone that went to that school went to an SDA school. And so I came from public school and it was such a big transition. I was like, looked at as an outcast, um, you know, not being their religion. Um, I had a convertible Jeep at the time. I looked like I, I was a, a rebel and they were vegetarian. Um, mm -hmm. And you have to live on campus the first two years. Even if you're old enough to have your own apartment, you still have to live on campus um, unless you have a really good excuse. But my parents were 30 minutes away and I still had to live on campus. So that was mm -hmm. another feat. And I was like, and, and my college experience, what I thought college was supposed to be was about make, branching out, becoming an adult, um, living on your own for the first time and making mm -hmm. new friends. I didn't have that experience at, um, at Loma Linda University. Um, I, it was very lonely, especially not growing up with the, the kids that you know have that bond with the, the religion and stuff like that. And when you stayed like at the dorms on the weekend, you had to go to three to four church services. So your wow. weekend still studying. Yeah. So you're, you're I, so I would just make an excuse, mom, dad, can I, what are you cooking tonight? You know, I got laundry to do. Can I come over? You know, you know what I mean? But um, I just told my, my parents, I was like, you know, I appreciate this education that you're paying for. You know, I got to work on a cadaver, my, you know, first quarter of biology and, you know, testing our own urine. Everybody that went to that school is either pre-med, pre-dentistry, nursing, um, nutrition, like it's, they're all in the medical field, you know? So that's why I chose that school. But I said, I should, maybe I should have went to UCLA like I wanted to, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Right. I, then I said, I, I think I want to go to UCLA. And, and my dad was kind of a little bit like, because this school is so expensive, not to say UCLA, you know, you pay for education, you know, especially private schools, right? And uh, my goal was to get into Loma Linda Medical School. That's right. why I went to the, the school without being their religion and converting and stuff. So uh, 
I got accepted to UCLA and I was like, yay, got an apartment right behind Fraternity Row. Um, yeah, right in Westwood. Um, it was, but my grades, I'm, I'm gonna be one of those honest ones. Um, my grades went down because I never lived on my own. Mm -hmm. You know, a young girl living in LA in a nice area and everybody's walking around Westwood, you know, there's so many things to see. Yeah. I was just a, a girl in the big city. I was just, oh my, I had too much fun. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. understand. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in Westwood right now, actually. So what are your like favorite memories of Westwood or the campus or any classes you took or just anything at UCLA that gave you like a great memory? Oh my gosh. Um, I worked at a record store there. Um, it was right by that, you know, that, that the gas station that's on an island and it's yep. the only, it's there. Okay. I lived right across the street from there. And oh, then okay. I worked about the way by this, um, there used to be a place that uh, made falafels. I don't know if it's still there. Um, but right next door was a record store. Um, Mayhem. I think it was called Music Mayhem. I don't think it exists anymore. I don't think it exists, but I know exactly where you're talking about. Okay, yeah, yeah. And um, it, uh, it, I had so much fun. Um, I just wasn't mature enough to live on my own. I'm gonna be completely honest. You know what I mean? You gotta be ready mm -hmm. to be responsible and going, okay, I gotta, I gotta study tonight instead of going, oh, what's going on down the street? Oh, there's a premiere of a movie? What, what celebrity's <laughs> gonna be there? You know what I mean, right? It's like, it's like everything's at, it's, the campus is beautiful. I would always take walks and um, just drive around and just look at the city and go, I can't believe I live here. I can't believe I live here. I, I so do the same here. thing. Right? Don't you? And it, it, it never gets old. It never. The traffic gets old, <laughs> but everything else, you just like, it's so beautiful there. Uh, it was, oh, it was so amazing. It was an amazing experience living right across the street from the campus. Mm -hmm. you know? And now- you know, you clearly just said there, you had ambitions to be in the medical field, do biology and things like that. How did you go from there to very soon after heading to the WWE or getting into the professional wrestling business? Oh my goodness. Um, working, um, at, uh, okay, when I was, you know, in Loma Linda, we were working on cadavers already. You know what I mean? They're, they're, mm -hmm. really, they're, they're really cutting you, out, cutting you out for medical school. And then I went to UCLA and it was a little bit different studies be honest with you a little bit there was no cadavers like I was like oh, exactly cadavers and they're like oh that's not till med school and I go oh no my poor parents spent a fortune I had to get an apartment you know it, they're spending a lot of money on the apartment and I'm still working but you know what is minimum wage at a record right store, you know what I mean? and um and I okay I got a job at in was it Riverside no, with Loma Linda, uh, Redlands, California. Um, I was removing corneas, heart, saphenous, vein, and bone, middle ear for transplantation um, because of the education I had, right? Right. And, and the experience I had. So I got a job there and, you know, you're cutting through, you know, to be, not to be too graphic, you know, it was so rewarding working there, um, you know, being part of some, you know, helping someone see again or someone, you know, you know, it was so rewarding and, I got a job there and then going through, cutting through, I got addicted to working out. I was like, wow, you know, my family's not really healthy, you know, high blood pressure, like, you know, that kind of stuff. And my ex-husband wanted to open a gym. And so we opened a gym in Redlands, California called Mom's Gym, which it wasn't for moms. It was just a funny name, you know, how people have tattoos that say mom. Right, yeah. But people thought it was just for women. 
And so I started teaching aerobics there. Then I started lifting weights and my body transitioned like it changed from lifting weights, you know? And I was like, I should have been lifting weights the whole entire time instead of just cardio, you know, cause you get soft, right. fat, you know, I mean, skinny fat. Right. And, um, my body changed and I started entering competitions. Um, a bodybuilding was, I only did one bodybuilding competition when I was middleweight. And then I saw this fitness competitions on TV where you do gymnastics. I was a gymnast growing up, cheerleader, dance, all that awesome. kind of stuff, um, track and stuff like, and um, I saw that fitness thing and I was like, that's right up my alley. I can do a dance routine with the gymnastics involved with it and, and with the muscularity, you know? Um, and I got my pro card in 1999. Um, that's when, okay, I met Tori Wilson competing in fitness competitions and I knew Trish Stratus from, you know, uh, fitness industry. You know, because mm -hmm. you do get get sent to the Arnold Classics and sign autographs. Right. Competitor, you know, way different than what wrestling was about. I mean, the autograph sessions are way different. You know, <laughs> and then you get just to walk around and no one even knows who the heck you are unless they have that muscle mag. You know. Gotcha. And, um, right. Back in those days, and you probably don't remember. You're too young. But <laughs> I was born in '99, so definitely not. Oh my goodness! Are you serious? 100. Hilarious! Oh my god, you're such a baby. Your parents must be so proud. My goodness. Uh, I hope so. <laughs> what, what is your major? Um, economics and communications major. So double majoring. Oh, good. Good for you. Good for you. Oh, my goodness. Um, do you speak a second language, too? I speak a couple of languages, actually. Seven. Uh, this, eight, Seven? Eight, eight. That's, That's a whole I'm, other story. I, I went back and studied a language, too. You know what I mean? I'm half Puerto 100%. Rican, but I don't, speak, I don't speak Spanish at all. My dad never spoke to us in Spanish. I, I, uh -huh. but yeah, and I, it hurt me in the future, you know? But, um, okay, so I met Tori and she was like, got hired at WCW, um, escorting one of the guys to the ring. And I go, you get paid for this? Are you kidding me? And she was trying to get me to WCW, but that was, right. not, you know, they were not continuing on. They weren't hiring any more people. I, little, I, I didn't know they were, the, the company was going down. And so um, I met China at, um, West Hollywood, um, I was working at Crunch Gym um, as a trainer. Right. And, um, and I lived there with my ex-husband at the time and um, met her and I said, oh, I have a couple of friends that do wrestling. And she goes, wow, are you a wrestler? You have a good look for it. Um, and I go, no, I think I can do what the guys do though. Like Ray Mysterio and Rob Van Dam, gymnastics, mm -hmm. the flyer, you know, like no fear, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, she goes, you should really look into it. I got, a, I put a package together, um, paid $600 on a VHS. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I had it professionally edited, you know, me at the beginning went boom. And it was my, um, a, a boxing glove. Not that I boxed. Nice. Like, Lisa Marie Baron. And it, yeah, it was like, it transitioned to, it was so nice. And I got a call a month later. They never received such a professional tryout <laughs> video. And they're like, Oh, what do you, I, I asked, what do you see me doing? Do you see me? I, I'm not a Tori Wilson or a Trish. I'm a little bit bigger girl. Right. And like, you wrestle. And I was like, oh my gosh, okay. We want to meet you in 30 days. And then, so I Googled pro wrestling school in LA. Um, there was nothing in LA at the time. Um, and so I had to drive. I called them and said, hey, WWF called me. I have a tryout or I, they want to meet me. I need to learn how to wrestle in a month. <laughs> it's not not possible to learn yeah. fast, you know? Little did I know, because I'm thinking gymnastics routine or dance routine, it's like five, six, seven, eight. You know what I mean? It's like everything's choreographed. Wrestling, it's not all choreographed, right? It's like 
filling up the crowd and changing your music. You have to fill in the blanks and improv. There's a lot of that stuff. Totally. So you, definitely yeah, different. When, the, when the crowd is not biting, they're like, oh my gosh, they're not booing me. I need to turn it up. I need to do something really nasty, you know? Um, uh, I, and then the Godfather was looking for two girls to be on his hoe train. And um, that was my foot in the door. I was like, let me get in there. I didn't want to do that of course, you know, it right. was not the easiest gig ever. Um, but I was like, I don't want to be called a hoe. You know what I mean? What the heck? And my parent, I told my parents, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to put school on hold. I'm going to try this wrestling thing. And um, they're like, were what? they supportive of that? At the beginning, they're just like, I was the crazy kid. I had three older brothers. You know, the bodybuilding thing was like, well, what are you doing? You know, the fitness competitions. What are you doing? You can't eat this. You can't eat that. Every time we cook for you, you can't eat this. Um, they were, but what I did, you know, I would succeed at it. Then they were like going, oh, that's my daughter. She's so, you know, that kind of thing, you know? And um, when they came to a show in WWE for at LA Staples and then the Anaheim, and we were, we were doing um, Ontario at the time. And um, they were like hearing people like applaud and stuff. And they're like, that's my daughter, that's my daughter. And I remember going through, I don't, um, it was Alpha Beta. It's like a state of brothers or it's a grocery store. And um, we were, it was a magazine called Wow, um, Women of Wrestling or like right. just wrestling. Okay. And um, not just Women of Wrestling, was World of Wrestling or something, but they had a Wow section for women. Um, and I was in it. My, we were purchasing it at state, um, sorry, Alpha Beta. And, and then the lady was like looking at it. Oh, you're a wrestling fan. She goes, oh, look, look, this is my daughter. You know? And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Now they appreciate what I do because, you know, I'm getting recognition a little bit and appreciation mm -hmm. and they did, you know, growing up, I wasn't a hardcore wrestling fan. I knew nothing. Like when you live in LA, are you from California originally? No, I'm not. Okay. Okay. Where are you from? Uh, I'm from Bahrain, a country in the Middle East. I'm an international oh student. Oh, oh my goodness. So how long have you been in LA? Look, uh, I'm reversing the interview now. <laughs> how long? That's totally fine. Only, uh, three years, I guess, three and a half because I started- I just only came here for UCLA. Wow. Oh, you went to a great spot. To come yeah, to 100%. Your first spot, right? Totally, right? Oh, Definitely. my goodness. And um, what was my, I was I say, um, what did I ask that for? Um, the, you didn't grow up a wrestling fan. I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't a wrestling fan. So I knew nothing. I knew no one in the industry. And uh, to try to explain to my parents what I'm doing, I couldn't explain it myself. I'm like, I'm going to try it. And they're like, well, about school. And I'm like, you know me, I'm going to get bored. Three months, I'll probably last there. And I'm like, okay, this is not for me. And then go uh -huh. back. But of course, I got bit by the bug and I loved it. Um, I embraced it. It became a passion. And then I studied all the legends and um, like all the wrestling schools I went to were all WWE developmental territories gotcha. where they, 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 investing in that school to look for more talent mm -hmm. and so I got lucky I went to really good schools like all of them were associated to the WWE and I wanted I, to ask I, you about that um yeah. did you train at UPW I did I did so I want to John, ask you about that specifically yeah. because exactly as you're talking about that that's a school that you know led to the rise of so many people including uh John Cena Samoa Joe I think Batista trained at one point including others so I wanted to ask did you train with anyone Kazarian, there Christopher Daniels mm -hmm. um um, oh my, oh, 
there's so many names and I'm, I'm going to kick myself in the butt going, oh, I didn't mention him. I didn't mention, but everybody at that school were successes in the future. You know, like yeah. when I went to the school though, when I walked in, it was a boxing ring. So no padding on the, the, so I had to learn how to bump on just wood, you know, and I knew a bump. I didn't know what a, the bumping was. I was, let's run the ropes. I was good at running the ropes because my cardiovascular was so great. Right. You know? And, and, but I had no idea. They, they did beat the crap out of me, my first class. And I came back and they were like, I didn't think you're going to come back. And I go, am I not invited back? I go, oh, I just drove three hours to be here because of LA traffic again. And um, they were like, oh, and then Samoa Joe took me aside and started training me a little bit one-on-one. -on -one. Tom Howard was there. Oh, um, oh my goodness. Just, there was some, Jerry Lynn. Yeah, um, there was just so many names there um, that I, of course, no one knew yet. <laughs> you know what I right. mean? And then I remember when I got brought up, I ran, you know, Jerry Lawler. He goes, you should go, you should move to Memphis if you're serious about going to wrestle. Of course. I want to go to, to Memphis um, Championship Wrestling. It's also WWE. And um, I told, I had a discussion with them and they had a meeting. They're like, how fast can you get there? Can you get there in a week? Packed our bags from LA, left. We moved, moved to Memphis, picked up and moved and just thought I was just going to be there for three months, you know, of training and that's it. But I was there for a year and then that school closed down and then they moved me to Louisville, Kentucky, which was OBW. Of course. That, that was the superstar platform. Like even in that, the Memphis, um, everybody there, you would see on WWE TV. They were, gotcha. that was a success school and um i mean like american dragon um daniel bryan Dan Bryan. okay okay yeah i called him american dragon because I, I that's how I, I met him but all these people then i moved to when i moved to louisville most of the people got transferred to another school in cincinnati and i was the only one i was like why am i going to ovw and everybody else is going there they're like well you, you don't question it you just go right, right? so we moved to louisville Randy Orton, Batista, uh, Brock Lesnar, Shelton Benjamin. Um, John Cena. Yep, John Cena. Um, oh my, Eugene, um, Rob Conway. Uh, all those people, uh, I said Randy Orton. Um, all those people ended up being in WWF and WWE at the time. And those I are mean, the people you trained with. And I, now, I really appreciate it now because if I go to, like when you go to training, like, Sometimes you go to do an independent show and then they'll say, hey, can you do a little session um, at our school? And, you know, the caliber I trained with, I, I trained from the, the best. Do you know what I mean? Jim, Jim Cornette was right. there, Danny Davis, like all these people, which of course me not knowing not much about it. You know what I mean? Um, appreciate it later when I was like going, oh my God, I went to a really good school. And some of these indies, like that, or they don't know what what's expected on TV. Gotcha. It's a, it's a completely different. Scenario on Sunday, you know, it's training five days a week. I'm sorry, five hours a day 
at a church or on a corner of a gas station. Um, it was, it was, but I thought that was a right. test. I was always going, okay, they put me put through a test. This is what I'm supposed to do. At what you point I mean? did you start transitioning from, you know, being one of the Godfather's uh, girls on the side to, at what point did they say to you, hey, we want you in the ring. We want you to be, you know, main event caliber in the women's division. When did that happen? When Godfather turned on the, the Godfather girls, um, he threw me through a table, which I- Really didn't. hard. Yeah, really hard, really hard. Holy moly. Um, and, you know, they're like, hey, we need, he needs to turn on one of you guys and throw one of you guys through the table. And I go, I go to wrestling school. You go to wrestling school? I go, yes, I go to, <laughs> did you guys not know I go to wrestling school? I'm going to wrestling, you know, I can do it, I can do it. And the reason why he threw me so hard is because to make sure the table broke. But I thought, you know, I, I think I weigh more than Spike Dudley. You know, he goes, <laughs> you know, so I was like, I'll break the table. I weigh a lot more than what you think, you know. Right. And um, that's when it took me off TV. And then permanently I was in Louisville, Kentucky, training, training, training. Then I would get teased. Hey, we got a spot for you. I'll get to the airport. I'll get a call. Um, we're not going to do it this time. Um, we changed our plans. And so I was like oh, maybe this, I'm being tested again. How badly do I want it? Do I want to say, screw it? I'm tired of getting sent to the airport all the time. You know what I mean? Um, right. I thought it was part of the game. I, I mean, I thought it was, let's see how bad you want it, that kind of thing. But I'm glad I didn't get brought up right after that table. I mean, I did need the training and, and, and have some matches under my belt. Um, and even when you're brought up to WWE, um, when they think you're ready, in your mind, you're so insecure and you're just like, I don't think I'm good enough as these people. I'm not, I'm, right. I'm not this good. I'm not, what, where's the camera angles? Oh my, this is a bigger platform that I'm used to. And, you know, you just do what you're told, you know, in that kind of that atmosphere. And I always, always felt, am I good enough? I always question myself. I think that makes it, cause I'm so super com competitive and kind of a perfectionist, but you know, no one's perfect. You know, let's be honest, but mm -hmm. I was never satisfied with matches. I would always come back. What did I do wrong? I would ask for the negative instead of getting the positive. You know what I mean? Right. And Isn't that weird? But it was makes that, you better. Pardon. Oh, no, I was just going to ask, was that even the case when you were thrown essentially right into the main event? You're immediately in the ring with the likes of Trish Stratus and Jacqueline and Stacey Keebler. Even though you're in this main event, do you still have that like nagging insecurity about you? Oh, yeah. A lot of doubt. What the heck? And then every time I would be, I'm one of those people who are like this, like right before going out, I'm pacing. I'm like, don't come near me. Don't come near me. My hands are sweating. And I'm like against the curtain, you know, where the gorilla is, where we go out through the curtain. And I'm just going, why am I at this business when I am tearing myself apart right now? Right. That nerves that like wanting to vomit and pee your pants and like get nervous belly and all this stuff that and your mind is going oh wait 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 I forgot what we were supposed to okay remind me of stuff out there you know talk to me out there too I was always self-doubting and um I they always say if you're not nervous anymore you lost the passion to get out if you're not nervous for your craft it's time to move on you know what I mean then you're, right. doesn't mean you doesn't mean you care you know what I mean but I was like one of those people when I would get the rookies to work that that was my long gosh all these Molly Holly like all these people how to lead a match and uh, notice like when you look at somebody's eyes uh oh deer in headlights I had that look too 
Gotcha. And I'd go, you okay? You lost? Okay, let me just stay down. I'm gonna come back. I'm gonna tell you what I'm gonna do. You know, boom. No, I'll come back. Okay, you ready? All right. Okay, okay, okay. Start hitting me up. Hit me. Hit me. You know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff. You know, because um, we we don't get different camera angles. We don't get to do the show again. You know what I mean? We have that one. It's one time. Press one time, and you're always like walking back up the ramp after a match. You're like. Is Vince going to be happy? Are the agents going to be happy? Um, is Fit Finley, you know, who's our agent, which are, is our coach, that's what I mean, and um, our producer, whatever, and um, who's in charge of us? Are they going to be happy? Did I mess up? Oh, no, I didn't lay that clothesline in very well. You're always self-doubting. Always. Right. You're, all, you're walking on eggshells going, am I good enough to be here? Is my repertoire getting better? Should I change something up? And you're always looking for feedback. You don't want to, you know, I was the type you don't need to tell me I did a great job. Thank you. But what did I, what could I have done better? Gotcha. I was always like, yeah, you know, you could have laid this in that kind of looked phony, like that, you know, that kind of stuff, you know? And, um, and we were like my generation of girls, we would beat ourselves up a lot. Like we would call each other watching it on TV and going, Oh man, so sorry. I forgot what, you know, I, I think I was lost in that moment. You know what I mean? Right. So it was always hard to watch our matches because we're so critical. And looking back, especially in that early crop of matches you have when you were that sort of insane character in WWE, what is your favorite match of that, of that era or one that you look back and you don't really criticize yourself too much? You just look at it and you go, you know what? I think we did a good job there. Um, we had a triple threat. Um, Jazz, Trish, myself, and Stevie Richards was on my side, um, which he helped me through matches a lot. He would go, What's wrong? And I go, I'm so freaking nervous. I think I'm gonna throw up. I'm gonna throw up. And he goes, You're good. Stop it. He goes, You got this. You got this. He would always give me that positive, you know, what I needed to hear before going out in that curtain. Right. That, that person always has your back. And we were very organic. We never scripted anything. Him and I just played off of each other. Don't don't say sorry out there. If you feel like you need to do something, if you feel it that our character would do that, do it. You can say sorry later you know, or go, oh, I shouldn't have done that, you know, um, but that, that match, it was WrestleMania 18, I think, mm -hmm. and um, that match was, it was not, per I mean, per not, there's no such thing as a perfect match, but everything, like, the timing on everything, like, someone was supposed to be behind me, they're right there, and I was like, you know, sometimes it, you'll see people waiting, going, are they behind me, you know what I mean, everything was, just, the timing was so great, and walking out to that crowd, and Oh my God. It's just, it's, you can't prepare yourself every time you go through that current either, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You have to, and there's so, so many people and you're just like, I can't believe this many people are here to watch a match. You know? Would you consider one of those two, your greatest opponents or partners in the ring? Yeah. That and Molly Holly, Gail Kim, oh my, ODB, Mickey, Mick, Mickey James. Oh my, I, I have, I was very lucky to be in an era where an ivory, like all these great competitors that, we're not wanting to be the, the boobs and butt of the business. We wanted to, 100%. yeah, yeah. We wanted. I'm a wrestler. I'm not a D. I mean, not not not. We got used to the name Diva. We were not. We weren't insulted after a while. But we were like, we just hold. We always hoped. Um, we got the holy S H I T chant. Am I allowed to say that word? Of course, of course. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Holy, the anything. holy the holy shit chant. You know, they're like, holy shit. Hold like you know when Trish took the chair shot in her head. Yeah, it's just like we had a lot of those moments and it, it was crazy. It was just like, and we were getting all these more challenges. Okay, you have a street fight. Okay, now you have a, um, the cage 
cage matches. And you're like going, whoa, 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 holy moly. Okay, can I do this? You know, but you always second guess yourself, you know? Of course. I mean, you even won your first world title in a hardcore match. And I wanted to ask you, yeah. what's the difference between preparing for something like that and preparing for a regular match? And especially when you know you're going in there for a world title, especially one that you're going to win. Oh, my God. Uh, talking about being nauseous all day, I was nauseous. My stomach, I was like, I just like, I was just, you could look at me and people thought, are you okay? Are you okay? I'm like, I'm just, I'm just nervous. I'm just overthinking everything. And, um, you know, everyone's like going, that was my favorite match of yours. And it's not my favorite. I'm, I love right. that match. Don't get me wrong. But my favorite, not my favorite because the, the finish got messed up. Um, she stepped on the mirror and I was supposed to crush the mirror on top of her head, but the mirror was broken. Gotcha. Like, oh my God. Oh my God. What do I do? What do I do? Okay. I know there's a fire extinguisher underneath. And I grabbed the wrong one that had the pin in it. <laughs> I didn't know. And I used it. And then I, my go-to move when I'm a little lost, but it, it was also my, when I got, the, I got most compliments, like you do a great snap snoop, suplex. Yeah. That was my go. So if you get a compliment, you're like, I'm going to do my snap suplex. Right. I should have just rolled her up because she got the fire extinguisher, but I went to my go-to snap suplex move and I pinned her and, you know, I chipped my tooth. I broke my nose and, you know, the, 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 the referee was going, are you wanting to end this? Do you want to end this? And I'm like, I'm getting the title. You know, I'm getting the, right. I'm getting the no, I'll definitely get fired. If I, if I quit this match at Madison Square Garden as a heel, forget it. You'll get booed out and you'll never be accepted. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, and, and it also was very, doing it in New York and in, in Madison Square Garden had so much history in that building. And of course, you know, and New Yorkers are not forgiving. Oh 100%. If they, they'll let you know if you mess up, you know? Apart from MSG, of course, are there any other places that you really love to wrestle? I mean, I'd love to hear about any like really great memories you have in Southern California or LA, but what, what are the best crowds for you? Well, of course, you know, performing in California, um, on the, you know, uh, Southern California, like Anaheim, Staples, uh, Ontario, um, and because my family got to be there my whole entire family would go there. Right. And they would have shirts made, you know, uh, um, Tara's mom, like or that kind of thing. You know what I mean? And when you get to perform your, from your family, they get to see actually the hard work live and then see how people are reacting in the crowd. Even though I was a bad guy, they still right. were like, oh my God, what is going on? This is a crazy circus. They still weren't used to it. Um, but my, also too, my, one of my favorites was um, performing in Japan. Um, my mom was born in Korea, raised in Japan. So, I was grown, I was raised with a lot of Asian culture, right? Um, with Japanese influence. So going there was like being, you know, I, I my mom came with me, not with she flew a, a week ahead to go spend time with the family, and um, her old house was torn down, so it wasn't there anymore. But she went to go see a statue that my dad and her met at because he was in the Air Force, <clears throat> and um, it was just I saw a sign, "Welcome home." In Japan, I go, oh no, they think I'm Japanese. Oh no, oh no. Did I ever do an interview saying I am Japanese? I'm not Japanese. But, but I always considered that Japanese culture, it's part of my upbringing. You know, I didn't of know like American kitty songs. I didn't know, you know, I know now, but Twinkle Twinkle, but my mom would sing it in Japanese. You know what I mean? Right. So yeah, it was, it was, it was a, I love my upbringing. When you, when you're, mm -hmm. when you're grown up in, um, different cultures you really appreciate instead of just being raised in the states and not, not going to right 
you need to venture out because you appreciate everything, you know? Did you ever get to wrestle in Japan as the champion, either for TNA or WWE? Just out of curiosity. I think so. Yeah. I, I don't know if I had the belt. I don't, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I don't remember. There's so many matches. Oh my gosh. Of course. There's so much. Like you guys remember more, more like the fans know way more information than I do. They're like, do you mm -hmm. remember this? I'm like, no, I don't. It's so embarrassing, you know, but when you do it so long, you know, but the legends like, like Ric Flair and Arn Anderson, they remember the buildings they were at. Oh, we did the match here in this building. And I'm like, I don't remember. I, how do you remember like that? I don't, I don't know. I don't get it. Well, so in WWE, you came in immediately and you had these amazing matches with Trish and Jazz and all, all these amazing superstars you talked about. You, you won your first two world titles, I think, within the first few years of being in WWE. But you were a staple, like you joined in maybe 2002 when I was two years old, but I was still watching you wrestle in WWE up until maybe 2009, 2010. And then only did you go to TNA. So I wanted to ask, what was it like being essentially one of the most experienced by the time we got to that later era of 2009 or so before you went to TNA? I still was still self-doubting, <laughs> honestly. I, it never goes away. Even the indies, like, like you know, I retired recently. Even in the indie, independent shows, I want to vomit and just go, I'm like, you know, because the independents, you really don't know the girl. Like the girls, like we worked in WWE and TNA, you kind of learn what the repertoire is and you know their right. style, right? And so you're used to working that, oh, she's going to do this. Oh, you know what I mean? Just by body language. And so you can read each other. When you do, go to independence, you don't know this person. You're like, I don't know what she does. What move does she do? What is that? I should know that move. I don't know what that is. But going to TNA, you know, I always, I always, I felt when I first went there, I had a target on my back because they're, I know they were going, oh, this WWE divas coming to our show. Well, thank you for your, 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 you know, you're gracing our stage, that kind right. of thing. And um, so I, I kind of felt like, God, I have a lot to prove, you know what I mean? But the reason why I went there, when I watched Gail and, and Awesome Kong and ODB, all these girls having amazing matches, I was like, wow, these are girls I've never faced. And that's what intrigued me. And the girls had a lot more freedom to do their math. Like you didn't have to ask a lot of permission there. Right. And I came from going, hey, can I do, is it okay to do this? Not, not every move, but you're like, I'm going to start it like this. And you're like, nope the match before you started like that you need to change it up so every match has to be a little bit different you know right and um so you have you were responsible in wwe to watch the matches before you oh shoot they just did our our cutoff spot oh no oh they just did our finish you know what i mean so you're like oh no we gotta hurry up and change it and um but tna uh, very open arms they're they're all welcoming and was just very loving um very very mellow atmosphere compared to WWE. It was very mellow. Um, and I came from being a little bit more stressed out all the time uh, at WWE to having too much freedom. And I go, hey, what am I doing? What, what, what should we do on this match? And he goes, oh, you got it. And I'm like, wait, whoa, whoa. That was too <laughs> much freedom for me. Right. I was like, you know, hey, I had, you know, our agents would go and, hey, I had this cool idea. You know, Fit would go, you need to try this. Let's go out there in the ring. Let's go try this move. You know that kind of, or or let's try this. Um, let me see how I, if you can pick them up for this. You know, mm -hmm. um, but it, it was still awesome. Like, and, and then the spider thing. You know, of course, I wasn't big a fan of that at the beginning, but then I felt really cool after a while. You know, I'm like, why? Oh, okay, what, what chick can carry a spider? You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Honestly, I'm I'm not being, <laughs> I'm, I'm not being, you know, negative about women, but 
the girls I wrestle, they're like, you're not putting that spider on me. I go, that's part of my finish. <laughs> so I have to turn them over after my widow's peak and then right. put it on their back. They wouldn't feel it. You know gotcha. what I mean? But, I mean, yeah. you, you, you had that sort of spider theme for a lot of your, especially your later career in WWE, even before you went to TNA and called yourself, you know, Tara after Tarantula. So where did that come from? Were you like a big Spider-Man fan or what was No, it? no, no, no. But I am a nerd. I am a big comic con nerd. Okay. So um, Undertaker, um, he was out in the bleachers um, and, you know, we would all, uh, back in my day, all the girls would get there really early and work in the ring with Arn, Fit, Ricky Steamboat, like, mm -hmm. uh, Tommy Dreamer, Lance Storm, all these people would come out and help us um, on our matches. And um, he goes, come up here. He goes, sit down. And I go, yeah. And he goes, you know, he remind me of. And I'm like, who? And he goes, Black Widow, the pool player. And I go, I know exactly who that is. The Asian girl with the long black hair, because I had long hair. And I right. go, oh my God, I'm going to call myself Black Widow. That's how it happened. Wow. Yeah. You know, you get someone like Undertaker going, you remind me of Black Widow. I'm going to call myself Black Widow. I'm doing it. You, yeah, you have I mean? to pick it up. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't like my name when I went to TNA, Tara, because I wanted my real name. And um, I, didn't, I didn't realize it was short for Tarantula because this is not what, when I got there, I was like lost. I'm like, where do I go? I don't, you know, it was a new atmosphere, right? And um, they changed my name and I was really upset about it because um, I, I said, oh, you guys were supposed to call me Lisa Marie, that kind of thing, um, so I could leave with my name. Right. And um, I went to call, I talked to Sting, and, you know, being experienced, a legend and stuff, I go, can I talk to you for a second? And I told him, I go, you know, they, they changed my name, and that wasn't part of the deal. I wanted my real name, so I, people, I don't have to start all over when I leave, you know? Um, I knew I wasn't going to wrestle forever, forever, forever. Right, of course. But at least people will know Lisa Marie, right? And so... Um, he goes, what are they calling you? And I go, Tara. And he goes, oh, that's really, that's a sexy name. And I go, okay, I'll keep Tara. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just Sting, Sting going, oh, I like that name. I'm like, okay, yeah. But now so many people know you as that just because of, you know, five-time TNA Knockouts champion and then knock, Knockouts division being so, you know, renowned, especially considering how far women's wrestling has come. And, you know, you look back and that was really the start of a lot of people's careers. And even yeah. now it's still going. And then Gail, Gail Kim is... Um, one of the um in in like one of the head bosses there mm -hmm. it's the first time a female's been in her position right so um yeah so you know of course she's pro women division so it's like yeah it's 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 blown up it's crazy you know what i mean yeah and you know i have a couple specific questions about your career i want to ask but before that i just wanted to quickly talk to you about you know you started off as one of the godfather's hoes on the side and then you ended, you know, after having this legendary career. And, you know, since then, seeing how far women's wrestling has come, what does that mean to you, especially knowing you're such a big part of that? It's amazing. Honestly, you're a proud, proud, you're proud of these kids, you know? Like, you're like, you know, um, it's, it, it's like, you're never bitter or jealous, like, you know, the exposure they're getting now, but you're just like, mm -hmm. man, it's about time, kind of, sort of, you know? Right. So, that kind of, sort of, it's about time. They should have been made eventing a long time ago. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, as girls, we work really hard. We don't want to be just looked at as being just sexy. You know, we're athletes out there. We're bad actors that do our own stunts. You know what <laughs> I mean? We, don't, we want that other respect aspect of it. And, um, but when, when you see all this, you're just, you're so proud. Oh my gosh. You're just like, wow, this is amazing. It's amazing. You know, just mm -hmm. excelled so quickly too. To me, not, I mean, after me being out, you know what I mean? I was uh, like, wow. For sure. Yeah. 
but I mean, you know, one of the things I want to talk to you about is, you know, growing up, one of the reasons you were always one of my favorite on the female side, and I, I always used to play as you on the SmackDown versus Raw games, is because of your finisher, the Widow's Peak. I think till, till date, I don't really know anyone else who does that, or certainly no one else who does it like you. So what was it that made you pick that up and use it? Because I think it's one of the iconic, underrated finishers in professional wrestling. This says a lot about Molly Holly, how giving she was as a wrestler. She wasn't selfish or anything. She wanted to see everybody succeed. She saw Roderick Strong do it at an indie show. Oh, wow. And he was maybe, I don't even think he was 16 years old. Um, and she goes, Lisa, I have a move for you. Here, pu pull me up in a power bomb. Here, hook my neck. And I'm like, I'm going to put my legs here. And I'm like, she goes, drop to your butt. And I go, what? what? <laughs> and then we're talking to each other as I have her. And I drop. And then everybody saw that at the ring and then Vince even saw it and Molly goes do you like that for Lisa I mean <laughs> Victoria we didn't call each other by our real names mm -hmm. um and he goes are you okay he goes she goes yeah and um I did it the first person to receive it was Stacy Keeler. yeah and so um I when I saw Roderick Strong I saw him um <laughs> was it Boston I don't remember what city uh he was in the lobby you know how some fans show up to the hotel lobby right. and stuff like that and he was there and he goes Victoria and I'm like yeah and he goes my name's Roderick and or Rod or Roddy or something and I'm like hey buddy how you doing he goes I was the one that came up with the widow's peak and I go oh my god <laughs> that's you crazy you put me on the map and he was like a kid you know and yeah <laughs> that's yeah. totally insane that's such a weird connection between you know you and Roderick Strong have completely like different career times but you know I never knew that that's something really interesting to learn yeah it, yeah and then that's why like a lot of people when they um watch independence or they're like, oh, what, I need to add something to my moves. You you watch independent um, matches and you're like, oh, I think I can do that. You know what I mean? So a lot of things are stolen from the indies. It is, they are, they are. Yeah. <laughs> and other shows sometimes, you know? For sure, but yes, no. I'm I mean, sure those people, it's flattering for that person, but they're like going, oh, that was my- Has anyone ever asked you if they can take the widow's peak from you now that you, you know, you're retired? Yeah, the girl, Peyton, um, isn't she doing a, a, a variation of, the widow's peak mm -hmm. isn't she is she okay um she she reached out to me a uh, Peyton Royce you're talking about and, and dm dm me am i frozen okay no, no you're she talking about Peyton Royce said, right pardon you're talking about Peyton Royce right yes yes mm -hmm. okay and um she dm me through twitter saying hey they're wanting me to do the widow's peak um how, how do you feel about that and i called trish and i go I don't know how to respond to this. And then she goes, well, so as long as they give you a shout out. So I said, as a joke, like, oh my gosh, I'm so flattered. Um, yeah, don't go for it. Um, maybe you can do a shout out to me, laugh out loud. And they end up doing a shout out, like the commentator. That's awesome. Said, oh, yeah, so that that was nice, you know, that, um, yeah, it, she does a different variation of it, you know? Mm -hmm. Like they say finishers, you're, you're supposed to be able to do it to everybody. Right. Impossible. What if someone's like double your size? You can't lift them up. You know what I mean? But you but, got most people up. Yeah. That's why Molly gave it to me. She goes, you're the strongest one here and you can lift everybody up. You Makes know? sense. Yeah. But when I went to TNA, those were challenges. Um, working with girls that were bigger than I was. And I was like going, oh, I can't lift. Oh no. She's a powerhouse too. You know what I mean? I'm like, right. she goes, oh, I don't know. Like you're going to slam, you're going to slam me. And I go, yeah, she goes, okay, I'm going to be heavy because we're so used to lifting everybody else up. Right. That we don't know how to make ourselves light, you know? Of so course. We, we call it dead assing. You got gotcha. you. Yeah, yeah, dead weight. That's, yeah. But 
yeah, I, I'm guilty of that too. Oh. I don't go up super light because I was always the one that caught everybody in the sky. You know what I mean? Of course. I was like, I'll base you. I'll catch you till the cows come home, you know? Okay, but, cool. Yeah. So another thing I wanted to ask you about is, you know, being a radio station, we promote a lot of music and we're really into the history of music. And one of the things I want to ask you about is you have two of the most famous or slash underrated themes in professional wrestling. The first, of course, being, you know, all the things she said by Tattoo. And the second being, you know, your theme song for so many years was the Don't Mess With, which was by uh, young Nicki Minaj. Yes. So I want to ask, what input did you have in both of those entrance themes? Which one was your favorite? And, you know, how did you come about getting those really essentially famous songs for yourself? Okay, well, Tattoo, um, the producer, uh, the, the people in charge said, we have a song that we want you to come out to. And so I go to lo listen to it. I didn't get it at the beginning. I was like, oh, okay, well, let me go get fit. So I went to go get fit. And I go, it's just not evil. I go, and he goes, so that's when they changed the beginning um, mm -hmm. to be a little bit more creepy. And then of course my video was really creepy. Right. Um, so then I, then I, of course I like it, but we only owned it for a year. That's oh, why wow. they changed it, um, the copyrights, okay? And then, so they wanted a young, um, they were like, what kind of music do you like? And I go, I actually go figure, you're gonna think I might listen to heavy metal and all because of my, my whole character, right? I go, mm -hmm. I, was, I was a hip hop kid. You know, I, I, I like break dancing and all that kind of stuff. And um, I'm, I'm very old school. I wanted to be a fly girl when I was young. And um, they, they were like, okay, well, we can get this rap young lady. We, I, we didn't know it was Nicki Minaj at the time. And um, I Ain't the Lady to Mess With came up. And I was like, oh, I love it. Oh, yeah. I love it. Yeah, they, they, like when I would turn evil, they would slow it down. They would speed it up up on my baby face, that kind of thing. I didn't like that. They could have made a little bit more effort. And then- sure. um, yeah, but then when I went to TNA, they also had this um, song "Broken." Um, yeah, that they, they made, and that was really that was they made the words up for me, and I was like, "Wow, wow, this is amazing for me." Do you know what I mean? Because you belittle yourself, you don't think you're ever worthy enough. Well, right. Yeah, but um, that was cool. But and I didn't find out Nicki Minaj sang it until I I heard on social media. That's how I found out. Like, have you ever reached out to her or ran into her by any chance? I, I have made comments. Like I follow her on social media and I have made comments, but I don't get anything back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I'm of sure I mean, she's a superstar. Or she might have somebody else run the Twitter. You know how like some people have their social right. media managers and stuff like that. She might be too busy, you know? So yeah. But I always like going, oh, did she DM me? Oh, okay. You know? <laughs> Yeah, of course, of course. So I mean, to, to wrap up here before you know we, we we let you go, I want to ask you just you know, being that WrestleMania is supposed to be coming to Los Angeles next year. Obviously, in the current climate, we have no idea, but hopefully it does. Do you have any aspirations to? I know you said you retired, but to come back to, into the wrestling business in another way, maybe as a manager or as a commentator. Obviously, you have your own podcast, so you can clearly talk. So, do you have any aspirations to come back to the wrestling business? You know, or the um, be your PNA? I would, I would, I would consider it if they approached me, of course, I'd think about it. And I would yeah. have to ask them, what, what do you see me doing? I don't, I don't want to be just a fly on the wall. I mean, even if they, um, they even brought me as a, a trainer for the new girls and I don't get TV time, I'm still helping out the business, that kind of thing. Right. Um, I don't, I don't need to win matches. You know, I, I mean, no, I don't want to be buried. You know what I mean? I, I you know, or, or squashed. Right. But I, I would have to hear what they have to offer, that kind of thing. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Because, uh, yeah, because because going back to traveling all the time, you know, Mickey James still does it. You know, because uh, that's why sometimes we film on certain days, like our God TV on YouTube. 
it's a, we always going, Hey, are you going to be home? Are you Wednesday is okay. She goes, Wednesday is the best day for me, but you know what I mean? And she also has to, to do interviews too with WWE and all right. that. Stuff. So she's more, you know, she's on the go. I got to go, you guys, I'm, I'm, I'm on the plane, you know, and cause we all, we talk to each other, you know, 30 times a day because, Hey, we're going to do this tomorrow. We're going to, Hey, don't forget to do the photo shoot in this because we need to promote that outfit that, you know, I mean, you know, very tiny things, but we, mm-hmm. we talk every day, you know, but um, yeah. what was I going to say to you? Oh, the, the travel that's, you know, to be gone four days a week. I don't know. I, 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 I really has to be worth, worth it. Do you know what gotcha. I mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you about God, you just mentioned it right there. It's a show you do with SoCal Val and Mickey James called grown ass woman TV. So can you tell us a little bit about that and where people can find it? Yeah. It's YouTube dot com slash god tv show we had someone else owed the god tv so we had to add the show on there mm-hmm. so um yeah uh it came up i got a, a a boxer we still do old school boxer which is an app it's a walkie talkie app and um hey we're, we're thinking about doing a show would you want want to be part of it so cal val and mickey mickey came right. up with it a long time ago with it was supposed to be with alicia fox and um and when they reached out, i go heck yeah let's do it Come on, COVID, that's the best thing that came out with COVID-19 for us. Um, we have this awesome show and um, it's, it's so amazing. Like now that your friends reach out to you going, when am I gonna be on the show? And I'm like, oh my God. And you know how as an as a interviewer and having your own show to get guests, you're like, are they gonna commit? Right. Gonna get? Oh my gosh, they're not responding. You know, that kind of stuff. It's really hard exactly. to guest, but it's easy because we have so many friends in the business for of us. Of course. You know what I mean? So it's a little bit, you know, yeah, it's, it's nice, but it's, it's, um, God's you know, grown ass women talking nonsense. It's, you're like a fly on the wall. We, we drink wine. I'm drinking wine right here. Um, and we just, uh, just, it's like we're in pajamas normally and you're see my kitchen's right behind me. And so like, you're in our home and we're just, we'll, we take fan questions. Um, uh, you know, or they'll send a video, you know, they get to see them with themselves on the show. It's not all wrestling. It's about, you know, we talk about relationships or like, mm-hmm. oh my God, guess what happened to me today with this homeless? Because I live downtown San Diego and homeless is a really bad problem. Right. Super bad, super bad. And I'll have a story every day. And I uh, see, I live right upstairs. If you can hear the beeping. Wait. Oh, it's the trolley. I live upstairs from the trolley. So, right. yeah. So it's like, you can hear they thought I had the automatic dial-up um, internet. And I go, what? They don't have that anymore, do they? She goes, I kept on thinking you guys were on, di- I was on dial-up because of the beeping outside. And I'm like, I'm downtown. It's an old building. The windows are um, the original. So you can you can hear everything. It's not soundproof. So yeah, it's, it's yeah. But it's a, it's a fun show. We're having, we're having a blast. We're getting sponsors. And um, uh, God, it's, it's going to get, you got to watch tomorrow's. Mm-hmm. It's going to be hard to follow tomorrow's show. Um, <laughs> awesome. It's going to be two o'clock our time, California time on, on YouTube. Yeah. It's, it's, you've got you, that one. You're going to be, you're going to be very proud of me. You're probably going to send me an email. Oh my God. Yeah. I'll definitely check it out and I'll a hundred percent send that out. And we'll, you know, in, when we put out this interview, hopefully sometime next week, we'll put the link to, to God, to your social media and all that. Right. Please, and we'll repost it. Don't forget to tag Absolutely. Mickey and SoCal Val, too. 100%. You know? Okay. Yes. Oh, my God. This is great. And I do love your, we didn't even get this on camera, your Ray Mysterio. Yeah. <laughs> who, who painted that? Oh, I did this myself, actually. The you day did? after I met. 
the day after. Are I you serious? Wow. That is awesome. Wait, is that a Back to Future um, poster? Yep, right next to it. I had Claudia Wells on our show. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah, we met each other at Comic-Cons. Um, her and I were the last people to leave our Comic-Cons because, um, you know, we're kind of old school girls too. Like, um, mm -hmm. what if someone comes at 4.30 and wants our autograph right. and we're advertised till 5, but there were a lot of celebrities that would leave and you're just like, it would look bad on us, you know? But I had her on the show and she... I'm sure she would love to do your show. I'm gonna reach out for it. Oh wow, hundred percent. You yeah, that would be amazing. amazing. Oh my, she's the most down-to-earth woman ever, and she's a businesswoman. She owns a store in Hollywood, I think. I think it's a Hollywood. It's um, it's uh, used uh, known brands like Versace, like you know, you know, for very less ex less expensive. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? She has that, and then she she fits them. You know, she dresses them. Gotcha. You know I mean? Yeah. And then she just started doing women's. That's clothing. awesome. So that's why I haven't been there. I'm like, well, she doesn't do women, but she does it now. But we had her on an interview and if you could, you can search it back on our back to future one. Um, I'm like, are you in your garage? And she goes, no, I'm in my house. Her whole house is storage. Like just oh, wow. clothes, clothes, clothes. And see, I'm so, I'm not, I'm one that doesn't like a lot of clutter. Like, mm -hmm. and I was like, I don't know how you relax. I don't, I wouldn't be able to relax. <laughs> oh my God. How do you relax in that? She goes, oh, this is my business. I do clothes. And so it, yeah, but I got I, I wish I remember the name of the store. I'll, I'll, I'll send that, I'll email it to you. So you For can sure. just swing by. You have to make an appointment just to, to go in the store, I think. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Thank you so much. Okay. Before we oh. let you go, I'd like to ask you a couple of questions off air, but before we do that. So I had Natalia on as one of my first two guests on the show. And her dad is of course, Jim Daniel Neidhart, who is the other famous uh, Bruin professional wrestler. So I got Natalia to do the eight clap. I'm sure you know all about that. Can we get you to do the eight clap on air with us? What's the eight clap? What do you mean? The, the eight clap, UCLA's uh, cheer. Do, do it with me. I don't know it. I never oh, went don't? to a game. I never went to a game. Oh, wow. Okay. Isn't that yeah, sad? <laughs> I was that sad. I didn't, I didn't, I was like, I was like going, maybe I should join a sorority. My brothers were like, over my dead, you're never going to join a sorority because they were in fraternities. It's like, right. we know what happens. And I'm like, oh, okay. What's the eight clap? Teach me. Okay. So you put your hands above your head uh -huh. and you count, count to eight. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And you clap like that at the same time. So you go, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. U, C, L, A, U, C, L, A, fight, fight, fight. Oh my God, I never knew that. I'm so upset. And I was a cheerleader for most of my life. Yeah, that's why I thought you would know. I'm so sad. See, I did, you know what? When I did live, I was so intrigued by living there. I was just like, oh, I was just wandering all over. I, I didn't even go to any sports games. I'm so disappointed in myself that I didn't really take advantage of all that stuff there, you know? Either way, I mean, you still left the legacy, both, you know, being a UCLA student and being the only Bruin world champion still means a lot for me to go here and be able to tell people that. And, you know, you had such an amazing career everywhere in WWE and TNA and the independent circuit and left such a lasting impression. We're, we're so honored to have you on. And thank you for giving us this time today. Oh, no, thank you so much. And thank you for being patient because um, I, my emails, I got, a, I get a lot of spam. I, and I, I just, I just started a new one and it's still getting spam. <laughs> And then, so like, by the time I go, you know how I used to love social media 
but you know what? You start scrolling, like you go past 20. I go, I can't, I can't anymore. Right. You get burned out a little bit on it, you know? Uh, have you seen the movie Social Dilemma? I have not. On Netflix? There's an no, algorithm to get you addicted to social media. The computers are way ahead of the, the humans are trying to go into like, they have a little bit too much control, the computers, but it's already right. out there. So when they don't see you scrolling, they're going to send you something that you're interested in. I mean, that, that makes sense given the world today. Yeah. So we have a rule after five o'clock here in my house, <laughs> no phone. We have it on vibrate because just in case something happens to my dad, God forbid, mm -hmm. but you know, or my family, but we have it on vibrate, no social media. When you're wow. at home, it's family time. I know, but you're much younger than I am. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm about to turn 50 and I'm and, and just like, it's, come on, we're home together. Let's watch some TV. Let's watch our paranormal activities. Mm -hmm. those and i'm addicted to those my ghost adventures yeah but um, yeah yeah thank you so much victoria thank you so much oh my god this was great so much fun